We're going to continue to go through the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to be in Matthew 13, 31 to 35. And what's beautiful about this, I, I would like to say that we're really great planners on things. We just kind of go along. But the teaching today goes just, just wonderful with spreading the gospel and what we did in Ecuador um, last week. And so God is just, he's so much better than our plans. Amen? Amen. So uh, read with me in Matthew 13, 31 to 35 in your Bible or up at the screen. It says, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and perch on its branches. Verse 33. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. Verse 35, so was fulfilled that was spoken through the prophet, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. You guys can pray with me. Father, Lord God, we need you this morning. Holy Spirit, take over our minds and our hearts. Transform us individually, but also as one body, Lord God. May we hear your word and would it produce fruit. Holy Spirit, move among your people according to your will and according to your plan. Father, we love you, and we desperately need you. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus continues to teach through parables, which is fulfilling scripture of the Messiah. We'll talk about that towards the end of the teaching. And he's fulfilling a great word to them. And he, he's speaking to their community, as uh, Pastor Michael talked about last week. Uh, they understood agriculture and farming. So he is, he is speaking to them. Um, and then this week, he's talking to them about the mustard seed. And so we want to look at this and understanding that God uses small beginnings to do great things. And sometimes in the church, we're so hyped up on stuff and, and we try not to do that in this body. Um, we've got a, a amazing uh, worship, and, you know, we've got some lights and things that were here before we got here. Uh, that's, that's not our emphasis. Our emphasis is that we would worship the Lord, right, that, that we wouldn't miss those small but radical things on what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Jesus is using this example, like telling them, look at the mustard seed. It's the smallest of all the garden plants. If, if you look at a mustard seed, it's like 750 mustard seeds, according to what I looked at, would equal a gram. So they are small. He says, but once they produce their crop and they grow, they're, they're the largest. He says, this is what the kingdom of God is like and what Jesus will do. And think about how Jesus came. Jesus came in ways that they did not expect. Their whole walk with Jesus is looking at the Messiah. Right? In the Old Testament, before they understand who Jesus is. Like, well, when the Messiah comes, when the Messiah comes, then he'll understand everything. And they're, they're thinking he's going to come in a certain way. But God comes in a different way. Humble. For the poor, for the oppressed, for the sick. Born in a barn, a carpenter's son. Later on in the Gospels, riding on a donkey. In fact, you, you, one of Jesus' disciples, when they first uh, meet him in John 1.46, says, Nazareth, can anything good come from here? Nathaniel asked. 
come and see, said Philip. So when even Jesus is like the place he comes from. They're like, Nazareth, not, that's, that's a terrible place. Like pick your place. Maybe it's Nixa or, I don't, or Branson. I don't, I don't know what it would be. That you're like, nothing good comes from there. But yet Jesus comes from this place. Well, we just want to stop here for a moment, and, and in the big United States, everything's got to be big. Everything's got to be huge, right? It's like the Lord starts in the small places, the small place of your heart where he starts to reveal the truth of God. The movement of Jesus starts out with 12 apostles and a small band of followers. The numbers would increase, and then Jesus would teach on something that was difficult, and then they would decrease. Was the Lord is building his base. Big things come from small beginnings. And last week, um, a group of seven of us spent a week in Ecuador, and it was wonderful. That is our team right there. We were supposed to go about two months ago, but it got postponed because of rioting in Ecuador. And we had 13, and then it broke down to seven because of, you know, schedules and things like that. And, and, you know, we really wanted to go two months ago. And as the Lord changed things, you know, a lot of us are praying. And those that couldn't go and those could go, it's really like, hey, God, God is doing something. God is doing something. God is doing something. And I'm so thankful that God chose us to specifically go on this mission trip at that time. Who believes in divine appointments from the Lord? Okay. And so um, I want, we're going to have some testimonies before we start, you know. And again, what's awesome is we're looking at this, and Jesus is saying, man, plant that mustard seed. This is a small band that Jesus is talking to, but it's going to grow, and it's going to grow, and faith is going to grow. And it's just like, like last week when we were in Ecuador, like something so simple and profound can grow to something huge if we would just say yes to the gospel. And so the first person that I would like to come up and give a little testimony, I'm going to walk him through this, is Big Joe Bridwell. Big Joe Bridwell, come on up. I'm going to introduce to you, uh, introduce to you Joe. Um, now, uh, Joe got a nickname on the trip called Bedbreaker. Okay. Um, he, he is made of steel. He's a large man. Ecuadorians are smaller we had to find him a bigger bed, right? And it was, it was funny when they, and it was a blessing from God because he got to go into a bigger room too. Um, but his, his bed was messed up and they were trying to move it and it broke. It wasn't because he was on it. But when Clint is trying to explain why he needs a, a big bed, he's like, you know, those smaller beds, they fit one size person. He's more like two size people. And this guy was like, yeah. So uh, very thankful for Joe and him coming on this trip. I'm just a, just a great man of God and just, just blessed by him. So got a couple questions for you, Joe. Make sure your mic works. Hello. Yeah, it works. Okay. The first question is, what made you want to go to Ecuador? Well, I, um, I kind of felt like I should go, but then I just kind of, I, I was kind of living like, like spiritually healthy, but not really like just kind of on like a plane, not like in a valley, or, but I wasn't really like on any mountaintops either, you know, and I'm just, you know, reading my Bible and, and, and doing everything I'm supposed to do as a Christian, but not like, um, not like checking the box, but I wasn't really, you know, experiencing a whole lot of growth, and, and I, I just felt the tug on my heart, like I really should probably do this, and then like, 
a lot of people, I just kind of drug my feet on it, and then the time to, you know, the, the, the time that the cutoff point was had already came and gone, and um, and I was like, I think, I, I'm pretty sure I was supposed to go on that, and then Jessica was talking, and she was like, man, we really need, like, one more guy to go, and I was like, all right, I'm, I'm, that was supposed to be me, and so, <laughs> and so I went, and, 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 and so that's basically, and I was really just kind of looking for, like, a, an experience with the Lord and, and a way to grow and, um, you know, just trying to be involved in, in what they were doing, but I really didn't have any expectations and never been on a mission trip before or anything like that, so, you know, I was just, just going down there to be a part of it and, and hopefully experience some growth and, and and yeah, I just went down there with an open mind. Amen. Good job, bed breaker. What that testimony? That really did happen. Yeah, it, was, it did happen. They, the little posts on the bed were like, <laughs> I mean, they, like they were kind of like spindles, and then and it got down to like a spot like that, and it was just tiny, <laughs> and it really was too, because we were having to share this room, me and John, and like you know he had to smell my stinky feet, and and John isn't the most quiet sleeper either, so. <laughs> So it was a blessing from God, you know, for both of us. And, and I got upgraded to a room, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay here or not, but uh, this is really nice. <laughs> oh, and, and by the way, guys, just to help you out, you can call another man a bed breaker. You don't, don't call a woman a bed breaker or large. No, no that wouldn't be good. Okay. Yeah. Um, what testimony do you have from the trip? Like one that just really, like, i got to share this. Hmm. Well, the... Uh, I guess, you know, even just starting out with uh, just just going on the trip and how that all worked. But when we got there, it was just um, the highlight of the trip was sharing the gospel for sure. And um, when I first the first night I got there, I, ha I did have a dream that like uh, Ida was walking me around the city and just like explaining to me that there was like a different like demon boss like in control of this area that we're not used to, and, um, and that just kind of opened my eyes to, like, the, just the spiritual warfare that, that, that really goes on, and, and these people are oppressed by, you know, lies that are, in any ways, and, and so our leaders are good about strategically um, stretching us, and, and I probably, if they hadn't put me in the groups that they did, you know, to where I actually would, I, I was pretty content with just going. I just wanted to see what was going on, but I didn't really, nobody really wants to be stretched all that much. And um, and I got to where I actually did share the gospel with people, and they were, like, they were getting saved. Like, people, like, really were were wanting to hear this about this Jesus and like and you'd be like you know that you don't feel like you have to say yes to this like you know you can do this you know tonight or and, and they're like no no we really want to be saved like right now and um and it it was amazing it was just we were just on on a mountaintop with the Lord for a week and it's hard to really explain how how manifold everything ties together and then and then our group you know um just the relationships that we made um, really builds up this church, and then we're down there building up that. Ch it was just, it, it's just a really beautiful process that it, it's kind of hard to explain how, how it all really. Yeah. Amen, amen. It's still sinking in as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, how can Emmaus help our Ecuadorian brothers and sisters? Like, what do you think the best way? Well, I, I think the, the very best way to do it is just to, uh, to be praying for them, specifically for um, 
you know, Clint and, and Maggie and all the whole family down there and Javi and Evelyn, they're all missionaries, not just Clint or not just Clint and Maggie, but, you know, they all minister down there and, um, and they really just need, they're, they're trying to come along like leaders of, of the church down there, um, Pato and, and, and some other, and, and really help them um, be good leaders and, and help them manage the church and, and do things that they really need help with. There are people just stepping up down there. But um, all the people that were hungry for the gospel, they need, uh, they need church families. They need, that's what they need prayer for, I think, is just um, for communities to spring up and come together and, 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 and continue in their faith and learning about the Lord. I mean, we were just planting seeds, and um, they need people to water them, too. Um, of course, there's there's material like you can give at EmmausGlobalMissions.com, but like they they really need a lot of prayer. They really need a lot of prayer, like and and those specific things. So. Amen. And the last question, Joe, is why do you think someone should go on a mission trip? Gosh, well, everything I just said right there. I mean, and we we just spent a week on the mountaintop with the Lord, and I mean it it really it it really. Uh, it, it it was amazing. I can't really I can't really put it any other way than that. Yeah. Amen. Give him a hand. Thank you, Joe. All right, we have a uh, second person come up and give a testimony. Cave Finley, come on up here. He's got a nickname Scooby Doo. And um, Caleb, if you don't know him, you should. He's he's an amazing guy. He actually went up on our original time, protesting, all this dangerous stuff happening. So who should we send during this time? Caleb Finley. I wasn't protesting. They were protesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good clarification, yeah. So he's a great guy and just love him a lot and, and praise God for him. Uh, so, uh, Caleb, what made you want to go to Ecuador? Uh, I really... So I went a little earlier and spent some time with the Koyans. Uh I really just kind of felt like God had something to teach me from Clint for a little while. Um, yeah, and I've been down there a few times, and I'm, we're going to repeat ourselves with these questions a little bit. But, um, yeah, the harvest is ripe, and, and I've experienced that a few times. Um, and you never know what you're going to run into down there, but you do see that there's people hungry for the Lord. Uh, do you got a testimony from the trip that you just got to share? Yeah, uh, it was actually just a few days ago that we met an 80-year-old man. Um, we went the first day. We thought we had a filter. We didn't. So we came back the next day and we got to talk to him and his wife. And uh, he, so <laughs> we, we talked through and it was Ron's turn to share the gospel. And he said, well, we'd also like to to talk about the gospel with you. And he said, hold on. And he jumped up off his bucket, and he ran in the house. He said, let me go get my Bible. And he was so excited. Um, and this old man brought out a Bible that had been used, uh, had been loved, had been read. And then we started talking through the gospel. And then his wife had been studying the Bible, but they didn't understand the gospel. They had been waiting. This is an 80-year-old man. I mean, I mean, let's say half his life. He'd been waiting 40 years to hear the gospel. And we got to be the people that brought that, that, that stood there and, and finally got to open his eyes to the truth in some ways. So that was really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, that, that, was, a, that was a beautiful moment. 
Uh, how can Emmaus help our Ecuadorian brothers and sisters? Um, yeah, Joe talked about praying for the team down there, for, for the Koyans and for the teams that go. Uh, pray about going. Really do. Uh, if, if you say to the Lord, I'm going to give you a week of my time, and I'm going to take myself out of my comfort zone and see what he does, he is faithful. He's faithful to do really cool things in that. And it, it, I promise you it will be worth it. Like, amen, amen. And last question, why do you think someone should go on a mission trip? <laughs> <laughs> kind of yeah. redundant. Yeah, a little bit again. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I said it there, but... I guess I just want to go back to, like, uh, people ask me a lot about, I was down there for a couple months, and there's a lot of questions before I go. You just, you are walking blind as, into some things. Um, but, yeah, uh, that's where the Lord works in some ways, and don't be afraid to walk into that. He's faithful in it. Amen. Thank you. Give him a hand. Give him a hand, guys. Thank you, Caleb. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, you can't get away that easy. I don't have it. You want to show us your little Scooby-Doo? You don't want to do it? Okay, never, I'll, I'll let it work. <laughs> um, a, a ch you know, he'd been down there two months, and a, and a church that they were all going to really wanted to honor him. And so we had this awesome party um, with Ecuadorian Church, and we were doing charades. And uh, Caleb's team, they were the ones, my, my team, Joe's team was team two. And uh, to break our, break our tie, we had charades. And each team then got to pick what the other team would do. We picked Scooby-Doo because, like, he's not going to be able to act out Scooby-Doo and then actually get it. And that guy acted out Sco Scooby-Doo so well. Maggie was like, Scooby-Doo. Sco I'm like, what? Like, crazy. Our team did win, though, um, because Ecuadorians are better at charades than we are. Um, so, and I'll, and I'll give a little bit of, uh, of my testimony too um, here here in a second. But I want to I want to go back to to, to Matthew um, thirteen thirty one to thirty five, and you know, and why we were there in Ecuador is to 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 plant the seeds of the gospel. And if um, I've been to South America throughout the years, whether it be Mexico or Ecuador, um, hundred hundred times probably um, throughout the years, just going out with teams. And it can kind of get overwhelming, just like here in the United States. You can kind of get like, you know, are they really going to receive Jesus? So many don't. And just, just being reminded that it starts out as a mustard seed. It starts out a mustard seed. The person that you're praying for, the person that God is laying on your heart, the, the community that you see, it starts out as a mustard seed. What God is doing in you, it starts out small, but he is faithful to complete it. Amen? And so I want to look at that here, that great things, again, happen out of small things. We like to, get, to give God help by doing the big things, especially in the United States, and ignoring the small things. Church, we cannot forget that faith starts small. And I want to talk about hope this morning. Why do we live such a lack of hope when we have the God of hope as our Lord? Romans 15, 13. And this is something we need to declare in our hearts and our mind, no matter what you're going through. Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and trust in him so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit, amen? We live in a world where you, man, you can't muster up hope. 
You can't, you don't have enough conviction in you to say, man, I'm just going to be hopeful without the Holy Spirit. But we can turn to the God of hope. And I believe it starts out in that mustard seed and say, Lord God, change my heart, change my mind, change the way I think, it, think of things. Fill me with your presence. And some of us need a new outlook on the world and on people. And that must, that must go through the gospel. You can't see the hope only when you're winning. You can't see the hope only when it really looks big. Again, it starts out in the small things. Luke 16.10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Even sin, like dealing with it in the, in, in the small area before it gets big. Like we're always, in, especially in the United States, man, give me this CEO position. Give me that big, then I'll be faithful. God says, no, be faithful with what I've given you right now. We look back and, and when, the, when the, the history of the church and when it was persecuted by the Roman Empire, it, it, it scattered. It scattered the church, persecution. And I'm sure they were like, what's going on? Like, I thought we were rolling with Jesus and everything was going to be good. And we'd be healing people and the dead would be raised and we would just have such favor. But no, they're being persecuted. And that actually helped spread the gospel. God always makes what the enemy is, uses against you. God says, I'm going to turn it for the good. And we must have the hope of the Holy Spirit and the gospel of Jesus Christ to remind us of that today. I can look back at the start of this church uh, 15, almost 16 years ago, and the things that I thought were weak or a headache actually became blessings. Remember this, and teachers, you know, as you're starting school, a lot of teachers and administrators remember you, you know, whether they're a college student and elementary, middle school, high school, remember that someone else's baby that's someone else's child. Steward that well. Remember that you have a calling from God if you're in that position, and steward it well. Louis Gigolo um, says this, simply by our proximity to Jesus, we can bring hope and life to people and places trapped in discouragement and despair. What, is, what does he mean by that? As we're worshiping the Lord and we're close to the Lord, it has an effect on your classroom. Worship matters. Walking in the Holy Spirit matters. Don't get so caught up in, 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 in the hoopla of things that you forget. Like, man, just, just me being close to Jesus will change a room. As we're looking at this mustard seed, faith, this small seed that can grow to something big. We must understand this as Christians. We must, as we are commanded, to share the gospel. I think we look at places like Ecuador, and we think they need Jesus because we look at the outside of the cup. 
We look at other countries and go, man, they, they, they've got uh, some terrible government stuff. we got some government issues, but they really got some government issues. We've got some financial issues, but they really have some financial issues. So we will bypass our neighbor that needs the gospel, and we'll go to places like Ecuador and go, they need the gospel. Why? Because we look at the outside of their cup rather than the inside of the cup. We look at our, our neighbor, and we look at their outside of the cup and go, man, they are doing well. But that's not what Scripture says. I want you to turn to, you, uh, turn to Matthew 23, 26 to 27. It says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you're full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. And this is a great reminder to us as well on who we believe needs the gospel and who doesn't. All have fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone needs the gospel. Some just don't know it. And if we're not careful, and every time I go to Ecuador, um, it's something I, I struggle with. I'm like, why are we not sharing the gospel here like we are there, and some of the, yeah, you're on a missions trip, and you're just like the guys are saying, and, and, and God has called you to that. But we're on a mission trip here as well. And I'm convinced sometimes we just look at the outside of the cup and go, okay, they look broken. They must need Jesus. Oh, this person, they've got finances. They've got a family. Oh, they must, they must just be, ah, they're good. May the Lord break that in us. And for me, going, going to Ecuador and planting those seeds, um, you know, that first question, I said, why, you know, why do you want to go to Ecuador? And, you know, part of that, I believe in missions. That's my calling. It's one of the things I do as a pastor. It's one of the things that I'm over um, now in this church. But I also wanted to see one of my very best friends, Clint Coyne. I don't know if we have a picture of Clint in there on the power slides. It should be a very flattering. No, not that one. There we go. So I wanted to see this guy. He likes to stick out his belly. I don't know why he does that. Um, I really wanted to go. And two months ago, that got postponed. I'm like, okay, Lord, what's going on? You must have a specific time. And we picked the time. We know we're going to go. Well, Thursday morning, we're supposed to be at the airport at 4 and trying to go to sleep. And I cannot sleep. And I cannot sleep. And I cannot sleep. Fear comes over me. So intensely for about four or five hours. Man, I'm walking outside. I, I do that often, just prayer walking in the middle of the night sometimes. But this is different. It is fear. And I am seriously going, I don't know if I can go to Ecuador. So you're talking about like going on a mission trip. Don't take it lightly. Right? You go spread the gospel to your neighbors. Don't take it lightly because the enemy will attack. And I'm literally, like, my heart is racing. And I'm like, God, I can't shake this. Am I not supposed to go? I wake up, Jessica, my, my wife, like, honey, like, maybe I'm not supposed to go. Maybe I'm supposed to tell Clint, like, call him, like, man, Ida can take those guys. It'll be good. Like, I just not. She's like, honey. And that's why we pray for a, a, a praying, believing spouse. Honey, you're supposed to go to this. This is going to be good. And you were called by God. And reluctantly, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. And I'm telling you, it is one of the best mission trips, if not the best, I have ever been on in my entire life. Been all throughout South America. 
And just like here, something like, ah, I just don't know. Maybe, you know, I'll clean myself up. Then maybe I'll come to the gospel. Like, oh, I don't know. I've got more questions. Oh, this trip, the, the Holy Spirit went before us. And I've never, ever in my life, almost 25 years of ministry, ever seen so many people so excited for the gospel. They'd be like, we'd ask them, well, how do you, do you know, do you know how to get to heaven? And they'd go, no, I don't know how to get to heaven. One lady, we're, we're talking to like, if you were to die tonight, where would you go? She's like, probably to hell. I'm hoping to be good, but I know I'm not, and I'm probably going to go to hell. And I'm like, do you know there is a way to heaven? She's like, tell me, tell me, I have to know this. That's how powerful the Holy Spirit was working. It was amazing. I mean, tears. People were like, I've never heard this. And they're just crying. It was so beautiful. And this is why we call, and this is why we need to be reminded, the gospel is good news for the sinner. And we are all sinners, Amen. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And that's why the gospel is such good news. Ask yourself this morning, do you believe the gospel is good news? In our blessings, the United States of America, we forget that. The gospel is still true, and it's still good news. I have a picture um, of some of us with a, with a woman and her kids. Um, and uh, this was a really powerful thing. I don't know if you've got it up there, Eddie. There you go. Uh, no, next one. This is actually that 80-year-old um, that man that Caleb was talking about. And um, we actually like, told him he didn't have to stand. He could get, he could get a bucket. Um, but he was one that stood out of his seat. Like, was, hey, we'd like to share the gospel thing. He's like, Phew. man, like a spry as a teenager. Like, yeah, yeah. So this, this is, the, this is the, the mom that we were ministering to. And what's awesome about that is usually we just kind of like get there and we pray. And like, all right, you guys go with this group. You guys go with this group. Well, that, that morning, Maggie was like, hey, I really feel like we need to just pray for the groups before, like, like pick them out before. And so she got together that morning with Clint before they, they picked us up and said, you know, we're strategically going to do this a certain way but really hear from the Lord. Well, it's profound about that. As we started to minister to her, Clint uh, goes to us and like, you realize like she's like shaking. She's scared. And we're like, okay. So we actually had some time where we first started talking to her. Then we went and got a bucket, came back. And she still just seemed kind of like, like almost like, who, who are you guys? What's going on? So, you know, was, I kind of stayed back. I'm a little bit big and, and white and all those things. So like, okay, I'll kind of, you know. And as we're sharing the gospel with her, she's like, I met Jesus in a dream last week. This Jesus that you're talking about, and in this dream, you were all there. And we're like, okay, this makes sense why she was scared. We're just like, one, she's like, yeah, I've met Jesus, but like, take me through it again. And, and, and what's awesome, too, is her, her neighbors um, are wanting to know Jesus, too. We're like, man, this whole community. It was such an amazing trip. And I tell you, like, why, what, what can we do for Ecuadorians? And they are truly our brothers and sisters. Pray for them like you would your own son or daughter or mother or father. Pray for them. If God calls you to go, go. But there's nothing special about Ecuador, just like there's nothing special about here. They're both good and the family of God. But pray for them. Listen to the Spirit. 
and why you should go on a mission trip. Why? It's because we're called by God to do this. To go and to send and to pray and to raise finances and to raise and equip people to do this. But this is something that's what I love about Pastor Clint in Ecuador. Like, man, was looking at that cup. Springfield needs Jesus too. One of my best friends in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that he went to SBU here back in the day. He's like, man, Springfield, Missouri, it's the city of deception. The church on every corner. But there's a lot of junk going on here, right? A lot of, lot of stuff going on. And why? We forget the spiritual warfare that's happening here. We forget the calling from God that's on Springfield. And we will go on a mission trip somewhere and tell people about Jesus. But we won't tell people here. And we need to look on that and look inside our heart and like, God, why? Why don't we see that our, not in judgment, but in the good news of the gospel, why don't I see that my neighbor needs Jesus? As we look at this mustard seed, understand that God looks at the heart and we look at the outside. We focus on the outside of the cup. God cares about what's going on the inside. And if we think like this, we will miss out on the greater spiritual things. Understand, as we're looking at that small mustard seed, we're looking at sharing the gospel. God chooses the foolish things. God chooses the small things. God isn't worried about the best and the brightest. He calls the faithful and the obedient. He calls the sick. He calls the hurting. He calls to those that would cry, Abba, Father, which is Daddy. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 29. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. God chooses the simple things. And when we look at the condition of someone's heart, may we not just look on the outside, but would we, like, Lord, do they know you? Do they know your good news? Do they know how good and lovely you are? Do they know, know how slow to anger you are? How free you are to forgive us and transform us. Why don't we share the gospel more in the U.S.? Are we afraid? I sometimes am. Do we have calloused hearts? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I just look, I don't, I don't, I don't care, Lord. <laughs> right? It's a hard thing to admit, but it's true. But Lord, break my heart. Transform it. Maybe we've seen... Too many reject the faith, like what, like a couple weeks ago, as we're going through Matthew, and the and the Lord is saying, "There's there's four seeds. The one, someone that hears hears the gospel, it's automatically rejected because there's some demonic things going on. Seed two is that person that first is like, and we see this all the time, like, yes, this sounds this sounds great, but then they don't get deep rooted, so they don't really believe in the gospel. It was just like what we call fire insurance. Raise your hand if you've heard the word fire insurance." Right? It's just people like, ah, maybe I'll do it, but I don't really believe. Well, there's a problem there. 
Or maybe it's the third seed. We see this a lot in America right now. It's not a theological problem. Jesus calls this the, the weeds and, and greed that come up. There's so much uh, blessings going on in the United States. We look at Scripture through our heart lens rather than through the Spirit. Okay. So when God's Word doesn't line up with what, what we want it to say, then we leave the gospel and the truth of God. And maybe that's one of the reasons why if we've just lost our our, our zeal for seeing people transformed and forgiven because we've seen so much religion. And I can face that too. And, and being reminded like, Lord, everyone needs the gospel. And the gospel is so simple but so profound. And anyone that would believe and confess that he is Lord will be saved. As, as, as Scripture tells us that we confess that Jesus is Lord, that he died for our sins, that he was raised on the third day, that belief is what saves us. And the gospel is wonderful. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, and we need to be reminded as Westerners of this. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. And not by works so that no one can boast. This would be a passage we would share a lot in Ecuador. Because they have been taught, well, if you're good enough, maybe you'll go. If you, if you tithe enough, maybe you'll go. If you pray to the right saint, maybe you'll go, whatever it would be. And we would explain, no, it is a gift of God. Yes, go to church because you want to grow in God, but it will not save you. Get baptized out of obedience, but the waters will not save you. It is faith alone. And in our religious zeal, isn't that good news? Like, that's an amen. Like, yes, Lord, you've given us this great gift tell you, I go to a movie, I'm going to tell everybody about it. If you know me, like it's either all or nothing. And if I'm really, like if I see a movie, like, hey, you got to go see this movie. It's great. I will bore you to death on how great that movie is. If I find a good restaurant, you're going to know about it. Right? For in detail. My poor wife prayed for it. She's like, he will not shut up. May we be like that with the gospel. Like, this is better than any movie, any restaurant, any vacation. Like, Good things are found in the Lord. And I would say this too, like and this is just like the creator of fun and passion and zeal is God. Man, we go to the world for those things when we should go to our God. When you know and you taste and see that he is good, you'll start going to God for, for pleasure and wonder and joy, okay? And you'll see the gift of salvation in a different way. Timothy Keller says it this way. The gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet, at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. Even when we were sinners, not saved, God loved us so much. He said, here's my son. Jesus said, I came for the sick. And church, we need to remember that for ourselves, but also for our neighbors. God loves us, even when we're not faithful and don't love him. When you're, when you're stumbling and you're struggling, run to God, not away from God. That's the good news of the gospel. 
plant those seeds. Plant those seeds, church. God has a bigger plan than you can see in your current moment. Remember Abraham from the Old Testament. Him and his wife, they're barren. They can't have children. But yet God has this promise that they will have a child, and even in their old age. And it's not until they're 100 years old till they have their promised child. But before then, there's doubt. Before then, there's like, Lord, you called me to have all these kids. Raise your hand if you know the story of Abraham. In Genesis 15, 5, where we see a glimpse of Abraham talking to the Lord and saying, Lord, where's all this promise? Like, where's all this going to happen? That's why we have to have the, the, the Holy Spirit in us and remember the joy and the hope that we have. Well, in Genesis 15, 5, it says, He took him outside and said, Look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to them, so shall your offspring be. And at this point, Abraham has no children. He tries to get ahead of God and has his firstborn, but it's not his promised uh, promised child. He ends up having eight children. What the Lord is talking about in the stars of the sky, like, man, I've got three kids. Like, stars of the sky, woo! Like crazy. Those are a lot of diapers. What God is hopping out was bigger than what Abraham was currently going through. As we look at that mustard seed in your life and in my life in the church, it starts out small. But God is talking about things that are even bigger than you. But you are a part of that plan as well. God has more to your story. There's more going on than you realize. Hold fast to the Lord and wait as we're talking about seeds, maybe you're mature in the Lord and you're seeing the fruit. I encourage you to share the fruit of God around other people. Maybe you're coming back to the Lord and it seems so small. We pray for you today out of love that you would wait and see and truly taste and see these good. The gospel is better than you understand. There's no ceiling to how great the God that we know the God of the universe can be in your life. Right? He is so sweet. He is so good. He loves you so much. Let that gospel grow. Let the spirit grow in you. Wait on the Lord and see what he does. In Matthew 13, in this section, Jesus is talking about a small seed, and he also then says, okay, you don't, get, you don't, you don't understand the seed thing. Let me, let me talk to you about yeast. It's a small amount of yeast. You put that in the bread, and it, and it can... And it can feed hundreds of people. We encourage you, church, to come to the Lord. Jesus is talking in parables for a reason. He wanted people that really wanted to know him. He's fulfilling scripture. But he's also like, hey, man, you want to you move past the parable? You want to move past the things that you don't quite get? Come and enter into the Lord. Like, know the word of God. Know the spirit of God. Abba, Father, come closer to him. Psalms 27.4 says this. One thing I ask in the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Friends, that is relationship. You're mature in the faith. You're immature in the faith. The same invitation, draw near to God. As James says, and he will draw near to you. Enter into the Lord and watch what he does. 
Jesus is speaking in parables because it's one of the things that Messiah would do. And Matthew actually quotes Psalm 78 too. It says, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things, things from the old. And what's beautiful on that is that you're looking at Psalms 78, and you're like, I don't know what in the world I will open my mouth in parables. would be like, they didn't know. But Jesus is like giving them the best commentary ever. And their eyes are, if you were a first-time reader of the gospel on this 2,000 years ago, you've been like, oh, my word, I know Psalm 78 too. And that's exactly what Jesus did. And they keep telling the story of the gospel. Like, yeah, he was that guy that spoke in these parables. This is why he did it. And they're just like, mind blown. The secret things of God. It's not that the gospel is so complicated. It's not that the Bible is so complicated. We just don't enter in via a humble heart, via the Holy Spirit, laying down our rights and saying, Lord God, teach us. So churches, we're talking about that mustard seed faith. Draw near to God. You've got sin in your life, so do I. I can take it to the cross. He doesn't forgive one thing. He forgives many things. You've got addictions. Most of us do in different things. Repent and give that to the Lord. Draw near to God. As we told the Ecuadorians, and the Lord, look at all these mountains. Like in the highlands in Ecuador, is gorgeous. You can know the God who is so creative that he made these things. Draw near to God. I have three questions for you guys as we just worship the Lord today. And the worship team, you guys can go ahead and come on up. Number one, are you struggling with hope and faith? If you are, you're in the right place. I struggle with hope and faith too, and that's why I need brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. That's why I need a Bible-believing, Spirit-filled wife. And she needs me too. I need Pastor Michael. We're doing this together, like to raise each other up, to pray for each other. Are you struggling with hope and faith? And we encourage you to be prayed for. There'll be a prayer team in the back. They'll have a name tag that says prayer team. I'll be back there. Pastor Michael will be back there. We'd love to pray with you. Come to the altars. Don't let that lack of, 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 of hope and faith just grow. Say, Lord, you are the God of hope. Whatever you're going through, we discourage you. May bring that to Jesus. Number two, are you being faithful with the small things? Church, we always say this, man, I'll be faithful when this happens. I'll be faithful. No, be faithful now. God works in the small things as we look at this passage. He works in the mustard seed, and it'll grow in your life. Maybe you're dealing with uh, uh, sins and addiction, and you're like, man, I just keep this reoccurring thing. Well, we, how about today? How about, let's, let's work on today. Let's work on today. Let's, let's be faithful today. Let's let tomorrow worry about tomorrow. Be, be faithful in those small things. You want your family to grow with Jesus. How about start off with just being kind? You want to know God more. How about just starting to read a section of the Bible today? Like, are you being faithful in those small things? Last question. I think this is so important. Who do you need to share the gospel with? Who has God laid on your heart? 
Maybe it's your best friend. Maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe it's your enemy. (laughs) God wants you to change your heart condition towards them and to share the gospel. If anything that we could get this morning, church, and the Apostle Paul would call you a saint, not because of anything you've done, because of what Jesus has done. He would call you saints. If there's anything we could do is to share the good news of the gospel. In the United States, we just don't do that enough. And this could be a season, I believe, just like in Ecuador, we are coming to a harvest. The Holy Spirit is going before us. And there are people through COVID and through all the stuff that we've been going through, their, their eyes are kind of being open to their own immortality, to life and death, to right and wrong. This is a time for a harvest if we will awake to it. And we will believe in the gospel and that the Holy Spirit is going before us. So I encourage you, share the gospel and seek the Lord on that. If you guys can stand with me, we're going to close in prayer. There's communion in the back. I encourage you to take communion. To be reminded of the life of God and the blood of Jesus that forgives us and sanctifies us. It reminds us that Jesus is coming back for his bride. also encourage you to be prayed for today and seek Jesus in the time we have. Let us pray. Father, Lord God, we just come to you. In Jesus, Jesus' name, the name above all names. In this name and in this word that will not come back void, Lord God, for those struggling with hope, despair. Lord God, fill them up by the power of the Holy Spirit. Give them your hope, your passion, your zeal. Would we, would we see this world from a different way? Yes, it needs saving, but you so love this world that you gave your only begotten son. Would we see it through that to the hope of the gospel? Father, Lord God, would we be faithful in the little things? For you start out there. Humble our hearts, purify our hearts. And Lord God, teach us to share the good news of the gospel. Just continue to build your kingdom, Lord, until the day that you come back for us. Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.